Greetings, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? I am pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Just stocked up on Dr. Joe Rogan's recommended ivermectin, just in case things get worse. (laughs) It also has the added benefit of giving me an 85% chance of becoming sterile, so win. Yes, I did see the whole sterile side effect. I thought, hey, (laughs) all right, guys are always afraid of vasectomies. Forget the vasectomy, just get this stuff. (laughs) Just go down to your local pet store and pick up some ivermectin, and (laughs) then you're all set. I'm just kidding. That's a super bad idea. Very bad. Please, people, don't take horse dewormers. Get the vaccine, wear a mask, let's keep each other safe. Yes, we're in it together. That's right. Now, I'm super excited to share this topic with you. It'll be the first topic for October, and this one is a little creepy, especially for anyone who has ever experienced this. What? But before we get started, I wanted to shout out friend of the show, mi güerito, el Kevinowski, former SF Barrio boy, (laughs) for leaving us a five-star review. This really helps us so much in getting noticed and being featured in the podcast directories. So if you enjoy the show and have two minutes, two minutes while you're sitting on the can, leave us a review. Yes. We put countless hours into researching and editing each show. So that really is the best way you can help us and thank us. If you leave us a review, send us a message on the socials or the sosh, as the kids say, (laughs) and we'll shut you out. Awesome. I can't wait to hear what this topic is going to be because I knew it was going to be somewhat on a creepy vibe. Our listeners can't tell, but I even busted out some dark red lipstick, very like vampira type style. And then... Like when we met at that gothic club. I'm like, oh my gosh, I swear. (laughs) People are really going to think this. And then I even have these really cool barrettes that look like skeleton hands holding my head. Super cool. Oh, they'll be able to see when the podcast publishes. They'll be able to see the picture, although I don't think your berets came out in the picture. Well, now you guys know, and that's really the only thing that matters. (laughs) That's what's important. That's right. Are you ready to get started? I am. Let's dive in. All right. Let's get started. So, Isela, have you ever fallen asleep before? Several times. True story. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had an out-of-body experience before? I can't say it felt out of body, but it was a sleep paralysis. I think that's as close to that creepy, I know I'm awake, I can almost like see myself awake, but I wouldn't say it was out of body. Damn, that's actually the topic for today's episode is sleep paralysis. (gasps) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) You guessed it right away. (laughs) This is so exciting. Oh my God, it is really creepy. So we know that you've suffered from sleep paralysis before. Have any of those hallucinations been you being abducted by aliens? No, no. That would be really cool, though. (laughs) Maybe next time. Maybe you can conjure that. (laughs) Has an incubus ever lied on you in your sleep? I've heard that people associate sleep paralysis with some kind of a, I don't know, I guess guess it would be the incubus or some kind of demon or something that like sits on their chest or something to that effect. Whereas I think I had already known about how your brain kind of shuts off all movement. It was creepy, but I didn't associate it with any like, 
oh, there's something sitting on me or there's, you know what I mean? It was just like, oh, wake up, Isela. It was one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get into all of that in this episode. Very cool. Now, for me personally, sleep paralysis is one of the most terrifying things that could happen in my sleep. For a while, I felt like it happened so often that I dreaded going to sleep for the fear of it happening again. It was like Nightmare on Elm Street for you? Well, not quite that bad. I, I didn't have Freddy trying to murder me in my <laughs> dreams, but <laughs> okay. but I do have two occasions of it happening that are so profound that to this day, I still remember them vividly. And you know me and my memory, and I never remember dreams, but these I do remember. So I'm going to share one of them with you now. The second one is really strange, and to this day, I can't explain it. And I'll go ahead and share that one at the end of the show since it's kind of creepy, and I think it would be a good way to kick off our first episode in October. I'm totally down. So the first story I wanted to share with you took place at my mom's house while I was going to college. I had a teacher who loved to cancel my last class for the day, so that would give me an extra hour between school and work. Since my mom only lived about 10 minutes from school, I would sometimes go to her house to take a nap. My mom was working at the time, but she would usually leave food for me in the fridge or call if she needed anything. On one occasion, she called to say that one of her friends was going over to drop off some stuff so to please open the door for her when she got there. So being conscious of that, I decided to take a nap on the living room couch so I could hear the doorbell. Shortly after dozing off, the doorbell rings, I open my eyes, I look at the time on the VCR, but I can't get up. I'm completely frozen. A little time passes and the doorbell rings again. At this point, I'm super freaked out and I still can't move no matter how hard I try. I hear knocking and the doorbell rings again, but again, I'm completely paralyzed. I could only move my eyes. I felt like I was in the song, Staring Through the Eyes of the Dead by Cannibal Corpse. Eventually, the doorbell and knocking ceased, so I stopped fighting it and closed my eyes and went back to sleep. A short time later, the phone rings and it's my mom. She was calling to find out why I hadn't opened the door for her friend. I told her what had happened, but I got the feeling that she didn't really buy it and was upset at me for not opening the door. She gave me the whole guilt trip that her friend was on foot in the hot sun with bags and had walked uphill both ways. You know how it is. I completely know the mother guilt trip, how uh, deep and heavy that thing is. Yeah. So Isela, if I were to ask you what sleep paralysis is, how would you define it? So I feel like it's when your brain has already taken that step of shutting off all movement, you're still pretty awake, but for your safety, you can't act out your dreams. That's what it does. Sleep paralysis is that part where you're caught right in between. You're not asleep, but your brain has already shut off movement to your extremities. Yeah, you pretty much got it right on the nose. Yay. According to a Sleep Foundation article by Eric Suni and Dr. Alex Dimitriou, Sleep paralysis is a condition identified by a brief loss of memory control known as atonia that happens just after falling asleep or waking up. In addition to atonia, people often have hallucinations during episodes of sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is categorized as a type of parasomnia. Parasomnias are abnormal behaviors during sleep. Because it is connected to the rapid eye movement stage of the sleep cycle, Sleep paralysis is considered to be a REM parasomnia. And like you alluded to earlier, the reason we have this atonia during the REM cycle of sleep is to prevent us from acting out our dreams. During normal circumstances, 
Atonia ends when we wake up, so the average person never becomes aware of their inability to move. Researchers believe that during sleep paralysis, a person is in a mixed state of consciousness that blends both wakefulness and REM sleep. So can I ask you a quick question about your horrifying sleep paralysis moment? You may. (laughs) When that was happening, I'm curious if you were thinking the same thing like, holy crap, why am I not moving? Or did you already know that this sleep paralysis was a thing? I knew that it was a thing because I used to get it often. And um, when I discuss some of the people that are at risk of getting it, Um, you'll kind of see why. It's really common among students, amongst people that suffer from insomnia, people that are sleepy during the day. It's really common amongst people that are in their 20s and 30s. It's very common amongst people that have anxiety. So I kind of checked all the boxes to have (laughs) sleep paralysis. So I, I didn't know what it was. I had had sleep paralysis before. There was another incident that was really similar to that where Again, I was at my mom's house taking a nap and the telephone was ringing. And again, I opened my eyes. I looked at the time and I couldn't get up. Since I already knew about it because, you know, this was something that was happening to me a lot. I remembered the time. Then I went back to sleep. And then when I woke up again, I went, I checked the caller ID and I saw the time was the exact time. So I was like, okay, so I know that I'm not hallucinating and I'm not dreaming this. I didn't know what sleep paralysis was at the time, but I knew that that had happened to me. So I guess I, I, I knew what sleep paralysis was by a personal experience, but I didn't realize that there was a definition for it and, you know, there were people studying it. Oh, got it. So you weren't like super freaked out, like, oh my God, what's happening? No, I, I knew that if I went to sleep, normally the next time that I wake up, uh, I would be able to move. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. That's very interesting. But yeah, sounds really terrifying too. It is. Regarding the hallucinations that people experience during sleep paralysis... There are three categories of hallucinations. Would you like to take a guess at what these categories are? Can I get a hint? Like, are are they... um... 75% of the people who suffer from sleep paralysis report having one of these three types of hallucinations. I think the most common one that I keep hearing is like some kind of evil being looking demon thing on their chest or on their body, kind of like holding down their like shoulders, arms and that kind of thing. That could almost be two of the hallucinations. Oh. I'll explain what those two are. The first one is called intruder hallucinations, which involve the perception of a dangerous person or presence in the room. People who have this hallucination might report seeing someone in the shadows watching them, aliens examining them, or doing experiments on them, or a ghost or other presence with them. The second one where they're being held down is called the chest pressure hallucination. It's also referred to as the incubus hallucination, and these can incite a feeling of suffocation. They frequently occur along with intruder hallucinations. Incubus is a demon in male form. Succubus is a demon in female form. And I'm actually going to circle back to this one in a little bit. Now, the third category is vestibular motor hallucinations, which can include feelings of movement, such as flying or out-of-body sensations, which is kind of what you described having. 90% of these hallucinations are associated with fear and distress, but the perception of these episodes varies significantly based on a person's cultural context. I can kind of see that. I guess if a very sexy succubus was trying to seduce me in my dreams, I probably wouldn't put up too much of a fight. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, are there any other kind? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now, the average sleep paralysis episode is between six and seven minutes long, but can last anywhere from a few seconds to as long as 20 minutes. Researchers believe that about 8% of people experience sleep paralysis and are most common in people in their 20s and 30s. If you have any underlying sleep disorders or sleeping problems, you are more likely to suffer from sleep paralysis than people who don't. In one study, they found that 38% of people who suffer from sleep apnea, which is when you stop breathing in your sleep, also had sleep paralysis. It is also more common in people who suffer from nighttime leg cramps. I was a teenager when that happened. So I guess maybe like the whole student and stuff like that was happening. So I checked one of those boxes. Yeah. It happens a lot more often in younger people and people whose sleep is disrupted. As a matter of fact, people who have jobs that go against their local day-night cycles, like business travelers with jet lag or people that work second or third shift jobs are at a higher risk. Also, if you suffer from insomnia or find yourself sleepy during the day, you're also more susceptible. If you have any type of anxiety disorder or post-traumatic stress disorder, congratulations. <laughs> Life isn't hard enough already, so we'll throw in a higher chance of sleep paralysis into the equation just to mix things up like Sir Mix-a-Lot. Dude, it was not fun. For me, it must have been about five minutes, so it wasn't necessarily 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine 20 minutes of that? That sounds like a waking nightmare. No. It's terrifying. Yeah. I remember trying to say something because I could hear my mom in the faint distance. And I was trying to see if I could yell so that somebody could like wake me up. And I don't care if they shook the shit out of me. Like as long as I woke up, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Is that the only time you ever remember having sleep paralysis? Yeah, just that one time. That was enough. I met my quota. <laughs> You're very lucky. Yeah, I think so. So now that we know what sleep paralysis is, why it happens, the three common hallucination categories, and who is most likely to suffer from this, let's learn more about incubus and succubus right after we return from a quick commercial break. Starting out your day on the right foot is crucial to ensure you have a great day. And CC Jitters is here to make sure that day stays great. Serving up everything you need from that trusty cup of coffee brewed from 100% Arabica beans to our famous Bibacinos. Take a walk or run on the wild side with our specialized drinks like the Flash, Cicada, Killer Frost, or Zoom. Or if you need an extra shot of caffeine, the Espresso is sure to wake you up. Stop by at any of our central city locations. There's sure to be one by you. We're also located in the Windsor Heights, Petersburg, and Moundsview areas. Not a CC's Jitters nearby? No sweat. Hit up one of our vending machines, serving up our best-selling cappuccino, latte, espresso, or decaffeinated coffees. Follow us on the socials to sign up for our monthly trivia nights, where the winner walks away with a $75 Jitters gift card. So Isela, how was your break? It was lovely. I snacked on some, well, some stuff I probably shouldn't even be snacking on. It's something new. 
it was impulse buy. You know, those really smart marketing people. <laughs> it was some kind of like a, almost like a Cheeto, but like a puffy Cheeto, but it's in a circle and it's a jalapeno cheese. How are you going to put that in front of me? I'm Mexican. Of course, I'm going to buy all things jalapeno cheese. Those are really good too. I was going to ask you if you were munching on some um, pumpkin spice cup of noodles, but. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds so gross. <laughs> oh, acala. That sounds so gross. During my break, I went ahead and gathered some black candles for the candle mass I'll have after the show <laughs> to enchant a succubus into my dreams tonight. Oh my gosh. You really did a lot of research. I didn't even know that's how you <laughs> chant her in or <laughs> no. I just made that part up. I have no idea. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I was like, wow, what kind of episode is this going to be? <laughs> we got to start talking about this. <laughs> no, actually, I was looking for a good segue to get into our next topic. Yes. The incubus phenomenon. Okay. And this refers to the sensation that you get when you wake up in the middle of the night and feel like you're being crushed by a demonic being. Mm. According to the Life Science article titled, The Demon Attacks at Night, which BT dubs is the most metal article title ever. It, it is pretty metal. And then when you say it like that, <laughs> I was like, wow. It should have been read aloud to you. So it can just be like in that crazy voice, right? You're like, oh, you would want the transcript? Sorry, no, this is going to be force read to you. Yeah, this is audio only, like our podcast. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> the full title is The Demon Attacks at Night, Explaining the Incubus Phenomenon. By Teresa Pultarova. Now, the incubus phenomenon is the quintessential nightmare that for centuries has been haunting sleepers and has inspired traditional folklore as well as works of art. This attack usually happens during a sleep paralysis episode, and new research from the Netherlands suggests that this phenomenon may be more common than previously thought. Oh, this is exciting. The plot is thickening. Now, the reason that this research is important is because psychiatrists and psychologists who hear such accounts from their patients should be taking this more seriously. According to Dr. Jan Dirk Bloom, a professor of clinical psychopathology at the University of Leiden in the Netherlands, what the afflicted person sees is a combination of their actual surroundings and a nightmare, which is projected onto the real world. This experience feels exceptionally real. Now, according to 13 studies of 1,800 people from Roll Call, Canada, the United States, China, Japan, Italy, and Mexico. Shout out to any listeners we might have from any of those countries. Dr. Blum found that 1 in 10 or 11% of the population will experience the incubus phenomenon once in their lives. Oh, wow. That's pretty common. It is, right? It's a lot more common than anybody ever imagined. Yeah. The study also found that amongst certain groups, such as refugees, people with psychiatric disorders, and students, had as high as a 41% chance of experiencing this phenomenon. <gasps> Dr. Blum also found that sleeping on your back, alcohol consumption, and irregular sleep patterns increased your chances. Now, the part where psychiatrists and psychologists need to pay more attention is that the incubus phenomenon gets frequently dismissed as just a bad dream. But Dr. Blum cautions that this might lead to additional problems, including anxiety, difficulty sleeping due to fear, and even delusional disorder, which is a mental illness akin to schizophrenia. 
I can see why that would happen if you're not sleeping well to begin with. You almost start hallucinating after a while when you have a lack of sleep for too long. I mean, you can start getting like super delusional. Right. So if you're not already sleeping, if you're getting anxiety, that could just lead to more frequent episodes. Wow. Now, Dr. Blum also speculates about a possible link between the incubus phenomenon and a condition known as sudden unexpected death syndrome. Whoa. <laughs> we, we went like really high into like a whole other level of injuries now or whatever side effects. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So again, he speculates that there might be a possible link between the incubus phenomenon and sudden unexpected death syndrome, which is a situation in which an otherwise healthy person inexplicably dies in their sleep. Now, Dr. Blum states that people who have experienced the incubus phenomenon often report a level of anxiety that is off the scale. Many of them have the feeling that they will actually die during an attack. Whether that actually happens, it's unknown, even though for the person that's experiencing it, it's not hard to imagine. Wow. It really does sound like a real-life nightmare on Elm Street, where you die in your sleep, then you die for real, or I don't know, whatever they used to say, something like that. And who knows? We don't know what they're dreaming, although unless they were hooked up to that crazy machine that we talked about before. Yeah, and the Dreams podcast. Yeah, but that's a very, very nightmare on Elm Street. It would be really hard to test it because if somebody actually dies during their sleep, they can't really report whether or not they were having the incubus phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So it's something that's really hard to study. Right. It does make sense. And, and I know the times that I have had sleep paralysis you do get anxiety because you feel like you can't move. You don't know how long you're going to stay like that because you're still kind of half asleep. So your brain is still not thinking logically. Right. Wow. So I know what you're thinking, Isela. Can sleep paralysis be treated? Now, going back to the Sleep Foundation article I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there is very limited scientific evidence about the optimal treatment but they did give some tips on what you can do if sleep paralysis is a problem for you. First and foremost, they recommend that you talk to your doctor if you have any of the comorbidities associated with sleep paralysis. If you have sleep apnea, leg cramps, insomnia, PTSD, anxiety, etc. Treating those conditions might help lessen the frequency or severity of sleep paralysis episodes. Oh, wow. Now, since sleep paralysis is more common among people with sleeping problems, they also recommend the few things to improve your sleep quality that might also help. This includes following the same schedule for going to bed and waking up every day, including on the weekends. That's already a hard bargain. I was really open to hearing like what the suggestions were until <laughs> that. I mean, what's a weekend if you can't stay up late? Like, let's just be real. Well, I think for somebody that suffers from this and they suffer from it enough that it becomes a problem, they would probably be apt to try anything and... Keeping a schedule, it doesn't seem like something that difficult. That's true. It's not like they're taking drugs either. Correct. The second tip that they recommend is keeping a set pre-bed routine that helps you get comfortable and relaxed. The next tip sounds like a tip from the mattress firm or uh, one of those uh, <laughs> stores that sell beds. Outfitting your bed with a comfortable mattress and pillow from Casper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, purple. They're not a sponsor, so they get no shout-outs from us. <laughs> yeah, no, but you're right. It does kind of sound like something that they would say, hey, could you make sure you put something about uh, a good mattress? 
And they got to have a really good box spring, too. Or I don't know whatever. You're like, really? Do we have to? Make sure it needs a Tempur-Pedic pillow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So these next ones are also pretty easy. Setting up your bedroom to have limited intrusion from light or noise. And that might be just getting some curtains that darken your room. You know, maybe even having one of those noise machines so that that way you have white noise and and you're not hearing, uh, you know, all the stuff that's going on, like knife fights or, well, I guess people don't really have knife fights anymore. This isn't the outsiders or whatever. This is not the 50s. Yeah. Pony boy is your neighbor. What the hell? That's funny. Um, but depending on where you live, I guess, like here in America, we have guns, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you view it. I know I personally feel like I live in the hood, so I do hear, you know, some things every once in a while. I'm like, wait, was that a firework or a gunshot? <laughs> you get to play that game. Hmm. <laughs> Although if it's one of those cool knife fights, like on the Beat It video for Michael Jackson, yes. where they tie themselves up with the chain and they're kind of dancing, but still going with the knife, I would actually pay to see that. I would get up to watch that only if they're going to like break dance fight like that, you know, where they pretend to use it, but they're not really going to use it. So the stakes are not really that high. And then I can actually go to sleep because how are you going to go to sleep after that? You're like, oh, my God, <laughs> that guy got his face. <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be really bad. True. It sounds very cool in theory. But then uh, when you start thinking about all the logistics, maybe not as cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do want to see them like just do the little dance. And then I want to sing that song in the background. Two more tips here. Reducing consumption of alcohol and caffeine, especially in the evening. That normally helps you have a more restful sleep. The last one is going to be difficult for you. Putting away electronic devices, including cell phones. Sorry, Isela for at least a half hour before going to bed. There's no need to be sorry because I sleep just fine. Thank you. <laughs> no, no. I did read all about that. I think there was one doctor that Matthew Walker, I don't remember what I was researching before, but I had read the book. He was talking about sleep hygiene. So I guess sleep hygiene is a, a phrase now. And they were talking exactly that. And like, if you want really restful sleep, keep it like 74 degrees and, you know, all kinds of cool tips. And then they were almost the exact same things that you were talking about, the blackout curtains and stuff like that. Actually, that's exactly what um, this Sleep Foundation article called it, sleep hygiene. Oh, wow. I thought that was an interesting um, term because I was like, hygiene? Well, yeah, I guess I could see that. But unfortunately, Michael Walker wasn't a part of this. It was just Eric Suni and Dr. Alex Dimitriou. That's all right. I got, I got Matthew Walker covered for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> and if all else fails, follow Dr. Joe Rogan's suggestion and take some ivermectin. Are you kidding me? No, I'm, That's I'm kidding, like the I'm worst. <laughs> that is the worst. I'm just saying, people need to really read the fine print. That's up there with that whole, uh, what was the other thing that the uh, the prior person in office was saying? Oh, what if you ingest, not bleach, but <laughs> some kind of crazy. Yeah, if you inject bleach or Lysol or something. Oh, my God. I was like, is this a joke? Because <laughs> he's not a comedian, but this is ridiculous <laughs> right now. Now that you know all this new information, are you ready to start applying some of these tips to tackle your sleep paralysis problem? 
I was not aware that I have a problem, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> I guess now that you've diagnosed me with a problem. <laughs> well. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. Now, I want to end the show with the story that I promised. Yeah. This one is really weird, and I can't explain it. Let me set the scene. I was around 23 or 24 years old, and I was living at my dad's house. I had the upstairs bedroom that faced the street. The window had shutters that allowed some light in, but I had bookcases up against them that I was using as CD holders, so looking out the window was not really possible without moving the bookcases. I had only been in bed a couple of hours and woke up around 2 in the morning and could see some flashing lights through the window. As I became more conscious, I could hear a car alarm and what sounded like a diesel engine. The first thing that ran through my mind was that someone had hit my car and the lights and engine that I heard were from a tow truck towing the other vehicle away. Much like my last story, I felt that I couldn't move, but somehow I was able to fight through the sleep paralysis and I sat up. I had just gotten my car. It was the first new car I ever had, so that was my number one priority. As I was about to take off the blanket and the sheet to put on some clothes and go outside, I noticed that the blanket and sheet were reversed. The blanket was closest to my body. The sheet was on top of it. And it wasn't like the sheet or blanket were all balled up and that's just the way that they ended up. It literally looked like someone had made the bed with me in it, but the blanket was on the bottom and the sheet was on top. Was it tucked in and everything? Like the nice little like fold-in hotel type style tuck? That I can't remember. Oh, darn. Okay, sorry. But I am super anal about my sheet and blanket and I make my bed every day. So this wouldn't have been something that I wouldn't have noticed. And I would have never gone into bed with the sheet and blanket like that. So as I started putting on clothes, the lights and engine sound faded away and the alarm stopped. I went outside to see if I could see anything, any broken glass or taillights or anything, but nothing. I can explain the lights and sounds to a hallucination or maybe I dreamt it. What I can't explain are the sheet and blanket and how it was so nicely made with me underneath it. Now, even though I often joke that this is my alien abduction story... <laughs> I don't really believe that, but I also can't explain it. Have you ever had anything weird like that happen to you that you can't explain? That's so strange. Like, I think I'm still like so wrapped up in yours. So before I go there into, um, I don't know, maybe my type of story, I can kind of understand your nightmare because those things that we really hold near and dear and we want to protect, which in this particular case would be your vehicle, and you don't want anything to happen. So like, what's the worst possible scenario that somebody just like comes in and like, you know, crashes into it. So I could see why that's at the forefront. And then all of a sudden this happens. The flashing of lights and stuff like that. Sure. I, I can absolutely pass that off as a hallucination that would follow that type of nightmare. But did you have any drinks that night? I don't remember. No. Oh, man. I was thinking, I wonder if you were making your bed and you thought you made it properly and you did it. No, I, I would have made the bed in the morning. So I would have been with completely clear head when I made it. Right. I mean, other things that I thought about is, well, maybe somebody went in the room and found that I was all todo destapado, you know. <laughs> but uh, I would always lock my door and um, I had purposely put my own doorknob and stuff on there. So I was the only one that had the key. Like not even my dad had the key to my bedroom. Oh, wow. You know, nobody else could have gone in there. That is so strange. Have you ever sleepwalked? Not that I'm aware of, no. I'm sure one of your ex-girlfriends or something would have told you, like, hey, did you know that you were making yourself a sandwich or something? <laughs> you know, I'm sure they would say something like that. No, I mean, aside from eating half a tub of butter when I take uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ambien. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. I do talk and I do laugh in my sleep. I've been told that I do that. That's a little creepy. <laughs> I creep myself out a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that I've been told. I've never been told that I sleepwalk. Oh, okay. Well, I really don't know. There's no really good explanation for that blanket thing. That's the only part that I can't explain. That's pretty fascinating. And to answer your question, I can't think of anything at the moment, but I know I've had super wacky dreams where I wake up, I remember it at the moment, and then I forget it. And then I do something throughout the day, and then bam, like the whole thing comes flooding back. It's super weird. But no, as far as blankets, no, no, that could sound very paranormal. <laughs> I know, we're both science nerds. So that also means like, that could have been a fairy. That's basically what I was saying. Could have been a fairy. On that high note, <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story to share with us. Everybody got a story. Succubus, enchant my dreams tonight. <laughs> You're so funny.